0: So today's a very special episode of The Buck Stops Here. We're interviewing a tax attorney. That's right, the most thrilling person you've always wanted to meet. But here in this case it's Dorothy Bytley Lawrence, who is also a lot of fun as well. She's a tax attorney who has over 13 years of experience in the areas of tax, bankruptcy, and debtor defense. She received her JD from LSU and later went on to get an LLM for the University of Denver in Taxation. She's a professional musician who's played across America as a woodwind specialist with people such as Andrea Bocelli, The Who, Devo, and Celtic Women. She also performs regularly with Broadway across America. She's been named a rising star in the field of consumer bankruptcy by super lawyers for the past seven years running and been named a top attorney in Austin Monthly for the field of bankruptcy. Her law firm's located in Austin, Texas, and she lives in the town just outside of Yurping Springs. This year, she did tax returns for people all over the United States in 38 total states. And in her career, she's done close to 10,000 individual and corporate tax returns. Without further ado, I want to welcome Dorothy Butler Lawrence onto the show. Um, so today, Dorothy, what we brought you on the show to talk about uh, this is part one of two of this, and the first one is about um, kind of just kind of some some tough love tax advice. Um, she's not acting as your attorney in this matter, but just kind of things you need to know about uh, going out there alone in the in the land of uh, bookkeeping, uh, tax preparation, etc. So, uh, Dorothy, anything you want to say about yourself, real quick?
1: <laughs> you hit everything, David. Uh... So yeah, I've, I have prepared over 500 tax returns every year. I do them for individuals, small business owners, large business owners, musicians, corporate types, and everybody in between. So
0: um, I certainly feel like I have a pretty good grasp on
1: the tax law these days.
0: Um, I, something that uh, my listeners may not know out there, and this is something that happens occasionally, is uh, one of the big questions they always ask me is, you know, big, people understand that they have to do books. If for no other reason that they know that the IRS, the tax man, cometh, you know, once a year and you have to you have to kind of meet that person. Right. So uh, with that, what is really the as you see it, what is the difference between kind of bookkeepers you know, the enrolled agents, CPAs, and tax attorneys, and, and how do they kind of fit into this mix for business owners?
1: Yeah, so the bootkeepers, um, for the simplest of terms, those are the guys that are crunching your daily numbers, right? So taking the income that comes in, putting in the deductions and the expenses, and keeping that profit and loss for us. That profit and loss is then what you're going to turn over to the accountant, the CPA, whoever else it is that's doing the tax return, so, they can go deal with the IRS. The bookkeeper is not going to typically also do the tax prep. Some do, most don't. Um, for my purposes, my day to day when I am operating is doing these 500 tax returns a year. I'm not a whole lot different in that instance than the CPA or tax preparer. I am functioning as a tax preparer in that instance. The difference between having a tax attorney on your side is that if the IRS comes knocking, Most CPAs, tax preparers, those guys aren't going to deal with the IRS. They're going to then tell you, go get a tax lawyer. Well, if you've already had the tax lawyer on the side the whole time who signed the return, it's going to be a much smoother process for you. If there is some sort of audit, there is some sort of question about a deduction or something that happened on that return.
0: So I I would, if I were to draw this out for the audience, I would kind of say this is a little bit like, and it's not quite analogous, but I would say this is a little bit the difference between... Um, kind of the EMT versus the, the nurse versus the doctor and your tax attorney is kind of your surgeon. It's not just your generalist practicing physician or, I mean, cause I mean, technically any attorney could, you know, do some of the stuff for you, but that would be kind of like having, um, you know, your general practitioner, you know, operate on you, you know, and it's not the person you'd probably need the surgeon in that particular case. You'd be like, oh I oh, no, I need the specialist when we're talking about tax. Is that a fair analogy?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Same, you know, same thing. You're not going to ask the plumber to go fix the, you know, the air conditioning, right? So you're not going to ask just the regular general business attorney necessarily to do your tax prep. Right? You want somebody that lives and breathes the internal revenue code.
0: Okay, so I guess, I guess, one of the questions you have there, right? And and this would be the question: Is at what point? In your lifespan, do you need each one in your organization? Because I know a lot of business owners, especially in my day job for um, the marketing firm and consulting work that I do, I run as a lot of business owners. And it seems like a lot of small small business owners, they all know they have to do their books. But then a lot of them say, oh well, i I try to do my taxes myself." Uh, And then they find out, you know, several years later, either on the operating end of an audit, which does happen, or they just they find themselves like the numbers don't add up one year. No matter what they do, they can't get TurboTax to work. And, you know, I I talked to no no lie, I talked to a a business owner this year, early this spring, and they said, hey, I've spent like two full weeks. And I was like, geez, you have spent like. Like eighty hours, they said no. I spent one hundred and twenty hours in two weeks trying to make these numbers work, and they just won't work. And I was like, yeah, "It sounds like you need to call an accountant." And then this is what I always get: "Oh gosh, do you know a good one?" And I I always feel like that's kind of the weird things that happens is that a lot of people uh, I've always heard, you know, pay your your doctor, pay your attorney, uh, kind of pay your accountant well because they keep you out of trouble. But uh, it seems like Gosh, I, it seems like it's really hard to find a good one when you need one. Um, so is this, why is that the case? Goodness.
1: Well, I mean, anybody can say they're a tax preparer, right? So my analogy that I've always made, I'm not going to name any names, but the big Fox tax prep guys, those guys are also, they're doing that during tax season. There may be a CPA somewhere within the organization. There may be somebody that's really studied it. But they also have a whole lot of people that train for one Saturday, one month, and then they get called tax preparer. And they're trained on very simple returns. So maybe they were okay for you when you went in with your two W-2s and your, you know, the single family home. But as soon as you then started opening a business or you started having a rental property or all these different things, you you phase out of what they're capable of doing for a lot of those tax returns. So where I come in is you, you have a small business owner, right, that's trying to keep their books. Everyone knows they've got to do that. Um, you can do it on your own. You can keep your books in QuickBooks, depending on if you're going to be diligent about doing it and, and putting the numbers in as they come in. Um, or you hire a bookkeeper that's going to do it. That's that's an internal decision on whether you want to spend the money for that piece. You don't have to, as long as you have a QuickBooks or you can have a, a Excel spreadsheet, if that's what works for your brain and you get the numbers in there. Then it's taking that to somebody that knows what to do with it. I would say that 98% of the tax returns I see from somebody that either did a TurboTax or they, you know, however they did it on their own, they bring it to me to see that last year's return. And I go, yeah, if you brought that to me last year, I could have gotten another, you know, a couple thousand dollars back. But what do you mean? I did it all right. I did it the way TurboTax said to do it. Well, yeah, but you have to know how TurboTax works and you have to know how the tax return should work to make all those puzzle pieces fit together correctly. So it's about knowing what you can do, what's going to trigger an audit. If it's a, you know, this is a red flag, you can do it, but you're going to want to make damn sure it's done exactly right. And the other thing is that they just have no idea that they can write off their taxes.
0: Okay. Um, so, but I, you know, the other question I get is like, oh gee, but I'm doing it myself because I'm saving a ton of money. You just brought up, you know, you, you look at returns routinely and you're like, man, there was like another two grand you could have saved here. But isn't hiring a tax attorney like millions of dollars versus uh, having, you know, H&R Block or somebody else do it for me?
1: Well, if it were millions of dollars, I can tell you I would not have done 500 tax year and then still be here having this conversation with like you. Okay. No, it doesn't have to be. Um, you know, yes, at the point that you're in front of the IRS and in front of a tax court and you're doing an audit, you're going to spend a lot of money because something has been royally screwed up until that point. But if you just come in with your tax documents, for for me, I don't know if all tax attorneys do this. I'm not going to speak to all of them. I think I have a slightly different practice because I do work with doing the tax returns all the way through. But for me, I have yet to see a tax return that somebody has hired me to do that I haven't saved them more money than what I cost them.
0: Okay, that's that's pretty strong. But you've been doing this for a while. You've conservatively done probably seven to ten thousand tax returns, um, and you're 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 length of time as a lawyer doing these kind of things. So I I guess my, my thing I would ask about this is like, you've seen a lot of business owners make mistakes. What are just kind of like off the top of your head? What are like the three to five biggest mistakes you've seen people do in the process?
1: So probably the biggest mistake I see, um, and it hasn't happened as much recently because tax things, tax codes have changed, right? The biggest one is when people were using TurboTax, they're self-employed. So they're writing off all of their business expenses on their their Schedule C, which is where you put your business expenses. But then they keep trucking along through TurboTax and you get to the itemized exact deductions. And they see, well, I can write all these expenses off. I'm an employee, it's got unreimbursed business expenses. No, you don't. You you already wrote them off over here. You can't double dip on the IRS. Um, that's a huge one. Because if the IRS sees that you're self-employed and you're deducting over here as an employee, there's a clear issue. Those are those are five-figure audits when those come back. That's the that's probably the biggest one that I see. Um, the second one I would say is the home office. The number of people that come to me and don't, that they haven't been taking a home office deduction. And particularly in the last two years now, everybody's working from home. Everybody's got a home office somewhere. And they're either terrified to do it because they think that's gonna get them an audit or they just don't even realize that they can be doing it. Um, it's, it's one of those that I tell people, you better be careful. You better even know what you're doing or have somebody who knows what you're doing. But that's a big one. Um, mileage expenses. If, you're, if you are still driving for work and going somewhere and you're self-employed, you could be writing off thousands of miles a year driving. I mean, for me, I used to drive all over the state of Texas and even come back to Louisiana for hearings. of 25,000 miles a year from driving all around. Or, you know, my, my musician clients that are driving from this club to this club and all over the place, it's a huge deduction, but people won't take it because they don't know exactly how to do it. And again, the software that people may use to do it doesn't walk them through it. So, I mean, those are the big ones. You know, all the others are smaller. Just it, I have people that will come in and, you know, David, you, you're a musician too. Musicians don't sit at a table and ne- not discuss music at that table, right? So, if we're at dinner, we're gonna talk about music, it was probably a business meal. But they don't, they don't think about it. They just, well, yeah, every time I go out, we, we talk about music. It's, yeah, did you talk about the last gig you played or what's coming up or what do we need to buy for the next gig? Well, yeah. Okay, well, that was a business meal then. So it's things like that that just start to really, really add up that they're not deducting. And they should be.
0: Got it. I've been around for a minute. And I've run into uh, a lot of different business owners and they... There seems to be a lot of shame about making mistakes in tax filing, especially when you run into like do right kind of people. It seems like there's a lot of issue, like if they haven't filed something right or or it's like I've run into business owners before who haven't filed. I mean, I literally ran into somebody three weeks ago and they said, you know, I haven't I haven't filed my taxes in three years. And I'm like, wow, why not? And they said, well, I did it the first year and then I was going to do it. And then it kind of—I couldn't do it without having filed the next year. And so now, before you know it, it kind of snowballs, right? And it seemed like they had a lot of—and um, I want to say shame about it. It was kind of like they were embarrassed. Uh, is that something you run into a lot with people?
1: I do. Um, you, you do get a lot of people that it seems that there's always some big event that happens that first year, right? I get the—I went through a divorce. I was going through, a, you know, bankruptcy or whatever. And they just don't file that one year. And then they come in. And it's yeah, I haven't filed in eight years, <laughs> and they're and they're so worried about it. And they'll just keep putting it off and putting it off because they don't want to go to the person and say, yeah, I haven't filed in four years or whatever. And there's no big there's no big issue with doing it. We just you gotta get the tax returns done. Um, but yeah, there, there's far more business owners than you would suspect that come in and I haven't filed in three, four, five years. What do we do? I hope we file the tax returns now.
0: Um, what are the kind of things you see business owners telling themselves about taxes and tax liabilities or something like that, that you think kind of come back to bite them in the butt?
1: I mean, I feel like we, you. Know, I feel like I keep rephrasing the same answer and hopefully that's okay. But the biggest lie is that hiring somebody that's professional to do that job for them is not going to be worth the risk of paying them. Um, you know, get these small business owners, I only made 15 grand this year. You know what? I, I can't afford to pay for someone to do the taxes. Okay. But can you afford to leave all these deductions on the table that you don't know how to take correctly i i'll see taxes for people that are self-employed and clearly doing a very small operation of some sorts and they'll just report i made 15 grand of income and they won't write off a single thing and i went well what did you do to make that money clearly you bought some office supplies or did something and they're so scared to do it but yet also don't want to pay you know somebody like me to go in and fix that tax return they just don't realize how much money is actually getting left on the table. I mean, the number of emails that I will get during the season from clients that go, you know, Holy holy cow. I had no idea that, you know, last year I paid this much in tax. I gave it to you and I'm paying, you know, a third of that. Yeah. That's why you want somebody who knows what they're doing with the small businesses.
0: Is there, um, is there any stuff that you've seen? Um, you just mentioned that the tax code changed you know, um, a lot, especially with personal income filing and stuff like that in the past couple of years, are there any major things out there that you would just kind of say, Hey, you, you might want to look into this. I'm not, you're not advising anyone per se, but just like, what are some things out there that people haven't thought about or looked at? I mean, you mentioned the, the, uh, the meal deduction, but I mean, there've been meal deductions for years, right? So, but like, what kind of things have you seen in that, that have changed that just people aren't availing themselves of?
1: I mean, honestly, the change didn't. Um, there was there wasn't anything that got added to the to the, the tax returns and tax expenses that people don't know about. You know, we lost things. Um, you can't take your clients out to the to the, the basketball game anymore, right? Those are the things we lost: the golf course deductions and the basketball tickets and the concert tickets. That one really, really hurt the concert tickets. Uh, you can't do those anymore. Uh, the bigger one is that people didn't realize that 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 we we doubled our standard deduction. That was the big thing. You doubled the standard deduction for people. So everybody you know, had been worried about their mortgage interest and their property taxes and their state taxes, whatever they might have had. that used to be what you had to have to get this big standard, get big itemized deduction. Now we've doubled the standard. So a lot of these things are just kind of falling off. You don't have to worry about them anymore. Um, the hardest one for me to see for people is when that happened, the standard deduction jumped up to yeah, these are not exact numbers, but about 13,000 for a single individual and about 25,000 for a married couple. And if your itemized aren't bigger than that number, you're not taking any of the, these other ones. Well, the big one in there for a lot of people is charitable deductions. So they did make it this, this past year, they, they decided to add, give, throw everybody a little bonus. Even if you don't itemize, you can write off a whopping $300 if you're an individual or 600 if you're married. You know, but, the people that used to be making these huge, you know, twelve and fifteen thousand dollars tithings to the church, doing their however much a month, you're limited now to the three or six hundred dollars, and you're not over that twenty-six thousand dollar cap.
0: Got it. That's that's a, so just to get over that standard deduction now. I mean, for a lot of people, the mortgage interest deduction and then charitable deductions were all part of it, but for a lot of people, I think that pretty much wiped that out. They're not going to be able to necessarily just do that. Um, right. So really to change things how about on the uh about on the corporate side of things um you know corporations versus s-corps versus you know partnerships did, what i know there were some different things that changed there for people what what things have you kind of seen there i think tax percentages and stuff like that some of that stuff changed a little bit
1: yeah i mean all the tax brackets changed for everybody right those all changed um you know, we had, we had heavy increases in the, in the tax brackets, as far as what people were able to deduct for those businesses, those still basically stayed the same in terms of what somebody is going to walk into me and tell me to do. We got some different things that showed up. There's a qualified business income deduction that shows up on the personal side. That's one of those little special tricks that if you're doing it in TurboTax or by yourself, you're never going to calculate that thing. You need to bring it to someone that knows how to do it. Um, or frankly, pays for the fancy software that does it for us. But um, it's not going to show up in your normal one. I had a client that came to me this year. She's actually a bookkeeper, but she has a, she has her own S-Corp, and then she pays herself and goes through. And she she always has me do the S-Corp return, but she's been doing her own individual one for the last few years. And this year she said, I don't have time, can you just do the individual one? And she said, how did you give me so much more money back? I said, because you haven't been taking your QBI of qualified business income deduction, and she went, can you amend the last three years for me and get an answered yeah this is this is again yeah, so this is a woman's a bookkeeper the woman knows what should be going on and being taken she had no idea she could have taken this deduction
0: that's a that's a really good thought there actually and i want to i want to follow up on that so at what point so you run into a business owner who's been doing their own for the past three four years or whatever it is and you, they come to you finally in year five and they say oh you know and you've and they ask, what, just what happened here with your, your particular client? At what point is it worth them um, filing those amended previous returns? Isn't that gonna make me like, aren't I gonna get it audited like tomorrow if I amend my previous returns?
1: Not usually. Um, it depends on what we're auditing, it depends on what we are adding or taking off, right? Um, the big rule you never go back more than three years. If the IRS owes you money, you're not gonna get that money back if three years from the filing due date have passed. So it's a you gotta really think about it because obviously your 2021 tax return, right? That's the one we just did here in 2022. So, but we go back three years. Beyond that, there's really no real good reason if you're not if it's not because you found out you actually owe the IRS. Um,
0: So the follow-up question on that is: so if I owe Uncle Sam money. I got three years from when it was originally due, not when I extended it to due. it's when it was actually due. Is that correct? No, no. no
1: you call Uncle Sam. They're coming after you forever. That's never stopping. Okay, I okay, so I got that wrong. If <laughs>
0: Uncle Sam owes me money, I can only go back from three years from the date it was originally due. If I uncle owe oh, Uncle Sam money, they can go back to when I was born. Exactly. Ah, I see 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 that that's why they always win what is it ben franklin said there's only two things sure in life death and taxes right those are the two
1: things
0: (laughs) so bringing this all together what are some strategies or things business owners should be start doing right now if they're listening to this episode even if they don't have a tax preparer yet um and they've got till you know march 15th next year to kind of you know look at that what should they be doing right now year-end how should they be preparing for the next year and then at what point should they start looking for this the tax attorney next year to do their taxes when should what strategies should they be employing to do that
1: so kind of the, the breakdown first step if there's a bookkeeper then you should be in pretty good shape right to then move forward in january february finding somebody if there's not a bookkeeper and you've been te- keeping the books we need to make sure you up to date or have you sat on it because it's the holidays and you know like Oh man, I haven't put anything in since, since September, right? You get the business owners that'll call me in January and they go, okay, I wanna hire you to do my taxes. And I go, well, where are the books? Ugh, it's gonna take me a few months to get caught up. All right, well, that's the, that's the first step. Get the books done. This is the time to start making sure everything is in, in the books, it's, it's ready to go. Come January, you need to start getting on the phone trying to find the right tax preparer for you. Whether that is you know an accountant, CPA, it is a tax attorney, whoever it is, start interviewing them. Um, and find out what it is that you need. Um, one of the biggest things I see for me, that has been beneficial. I don't have anybody else in the law firm that'll do a tax return. So people interview me, I'm doing that tax return. I'm going to do their tax return next year. I'm going to do it 10 years from now. They're going to know when they come in, it's, it's me, a lot of firms, you may interview one person and if, if might have a great connection with that person, but it may not be the person that's going to be there next year or the year after. Um, the other biggest thing to think about when they're interviewing those preparers, find out how they handle communication styles. I work until two o'clock in the morning during tax season. So I'm going to be shooting off emails all night long asking for what I need. Also though, as a business owner, if you come to me in August and you go, Hey, Dorothy, I got a question. Can I, can I write this off or is this something I can do business wise? I'm always going to answer that question. If you're a client of mine, many taxpayers are not going to bother fielding any questions. From somebody like that during the year. So you want to ask all those questions in that initial interview. Are you available for me to ask those questions? You know, do I have to come into the office? Me, the answer is no. I've got clients in New York and Alaska. They don't have to come to me. It's gonna all be done remotely. But some people want to walk in and put the papers down. So it's asking all the things that are important to you and how you want to communicate and how you want to operate and finding somebody that's gonna actually work in that relationship with you.
0: Um I had uh, one, one question I, I still want to ask because, I mean, you're here and I want to ask these questions now. I've run into, um, I've had a, I had a, a client of ours who asked me, because we do get this question, like, who do you do as your taxes? Who's your bookkeeper? How do you do this stuff? We get those questions a lot and um and i'm going to tease the next episode where we're going to talk about how you make those selections how do you choose those people in the next episode here with dorothy so stay tuned for part two of this but one of the big questions i've had asked before is that they've hired cpa firms to do their taxes and then they get the thing back for them and they have to sign that they self-prepared them and then send them to the irs why has that happened and i've seen this happen with several accounting firms in in our my home state of louisiana is that is that some kind of red flag
1: i I would say it's a red flag i've never i've never heard of that i I am certainly putting my name and my irs information you know i have an irs preparer code number all that goes on there i've never heard of such a thing there are people saying you gotta pull it out and call it self prepared Um, my guess is if that is happening is that somebody's not actually got a number with the IRS that's allowing them to prepare tax returns as a preparer. Um, there's not a you know, we don't have to go through any, you know, process. You, you apply for your number and you get it, and as long as you've got the right credentials. But if somebody's being told to self-prepare sign them return, I, my guess is, is that maybe you've got a shady tax preparer working on it.
0: Okay, so for those of you out there listening, uh, we didn't have a no BS segment in this, but you're responsible if you do that. So so make sure if 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 it sounds weird, ask them Um, that that's kind of one of those things. So I guess kind of bringing this all together, what would you say kind of the three things a business owner should should know after listening to you talk about uh, the taxes in this particular episode?
1: So number one is that hiring a good tax professional, whether that is an attorney, a CPA, whatever it is, the cost to hire them and the expense there is far more important than worrying about the actual, what it's going to cost you on the books. You need that person there helping you out. That's number one. Absolutely. You've got to do it. Number two is determining whether or not you're going to keep the books yourself and you're going to actually do it, or you're going to hire a bookkeeper that's going to step in and do that. You've got to do one or the other. Yeah. You know, everybody jokes about the shoebox of receipts that comes in. Don't bring that to your tax preparer. The cost of your bill just went up like 10 times. It's not going to be worth it to hire me to be your bookkeeper and your tax preparer. That's the number two thing. Um, and the number three is to just not be afraid to ask the questions. You know, um, you should have a relationship with somebody doing your taxes that you can feel comfortable asking all the questions and not get the runaround about, you know why is this deductible or why is this not deductible why why can't i write off this home office you should have the relationship that you can ask those questions and not be afraid to ask those questions
0: all right well if you're interested in hiring dorothy you can go to dorothy butler law or if you can find her on her instagram handle with the other hundreds of thousands of people who follow her at your trendy lawyer it's instagram.com forward slash your trendy Thank you very much for your time today, Dorothy. And uh, for those of you guys out there listening, uh, stay tuned for part two of this episode. We're going to talk about uh, bookkeepers, accountants, and tax preparers and how you go about hiring the right one for you and your organization.